0: Welcome to the Livewire, a podcast by the Downey Patriot and sponsored by Libri. My name is Eric Pierce, editor of the Downey Patriot newspaper. We have a very special guest today. Uh, we have some uh, Downey royalty, is <laughs> what, what I like to call him. Uh, Rick Rodriguez. Uh, Rick is, can I call you Rick? Yes, again? please. Yes. Uh, Rick is a former councilman, former mayor of the great city of Downey, uh, small business owner. Uh, Rick, you're so, I've never told you, but you're somebody that I look up to uh, for different reasons. Uh, you're a self-made person. Thank you. uh, you're very involved in the Downing community. And I'm interested to kind of uh, talk about uh, what drives you, what inspires you, and and how you became the person that you are. Uh, Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Eric, for being Thank you for those kind words, and thank you for allowing me to be here uh, to me. You know, I love doing this stuff. It's it's an honor. Uh, tell my story, um, kind of explain. You know, uh, my family legacy. So to me, it's a real honor. So thank you for allowing me to be here.
0: Absolutely. First question, Rick. How did you end up in Downey?
1: I met a girl. I met a girl, and uh, she uh, she was in Downey and Lupe, uh, Lupe my wife. <laughs> and uh, almost forty years ago, I met her, and and as I met her, you know, she had deep roots here. She went. Uh, even though the family, their family came from Cuba, and then from Cuba they came to Huntington Park. Huntington Park, they they eventually came to Downey, where every Latino aspires to be, downey California. <laughs> and so they came here, and then I met her. Um, and as I met her, you know, it was easy. It was an easy fit. Uh, downey is, at that time, you know, um, it's kind of a bedroom community. Um, you knew that if you were on the street at 10 o'clock, you had a bit of a reason. And um, you also knew that if you bought a home, if you could buy a home in Downey, you really made it. And so, yeah, yeah it was a girl, it was a young lady that brought me here today. <laughs> Where uh, did you grow up? up? I grew up in uh, San Gabriel Valley, uh, El Monte, uh, the beautiful city of El Monte, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, East Los Angeles as well.
0: Okay.
1: And so, um, yeah, I, I grew up there, and then, um, you know, for me, LA, my parents migrated to El Monte, and it was an up-and-coming city at that time, back in the '50s and '60s. Uh, they had a little airport, so. And so it was a up-and-coming city.
0: Yeah. What did you know about Downey before you met Lupe?
1: Yes. Yeah, I had been involved with a few before here. I had friends here. You know, they were always mm-hmm. highly regarded as successful people. Yeah. Know,
0: back then. Yeah. Uh, so, so eventually, you and Lupe got <coughs> married. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did you move to? Did you immediately start living in Downey?
1: Yes. We actually we um, um, we committed that sin. We lived together before we got married, and uh, we lived in a little duplex uh, over on Donovan. So, uh, okay. and it was it was a real family home. My wife's grandmother lived in the front house. My wife's uncle lived in the little apartment, uh, and then we lived in the back house. Mm-hmm. So every day, I saw my wife's whole family every day. Every day, <laughs> and then they, my, we have kids, and so as the kids got older, you know, the kids always saw their grandparents every day. And so that's kind of that was kind of unique because in my family we we're distant. You know, we we're all over from South Orange County to the Palisades to. Um, Sierra Madre and mm-hmm. Temecula, all over the place. So, and for, to have Lupi's family so close all the time, it was yeah. it's really nice.
0: A lot of people think that you're Cuban. Hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife says,
1: I wish I was Cuban. <laughs> 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 but you know, that's funny. I, I really, I really love the Cuban people. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuban people are very different. And you know, every Latino has a story. Is there, you know, my grandfather crossed the border then my dad walked from Texas here. And, and every, everybody has a story. But the Cuban culture has, their story is very unique because they live they left a country they absolutely loved. and was just paradise. And they left because of, most of them, because of the political situation. They came here to the United States and they said, this is a land of opportunity. Let's start all over. Mm-hmm. So, so many successful Cubans um, just were, were doctors or lawyers or accountants in Cuba and came here and became dishwashers and gardeners and, and pool boys and whatever. And they earn their education start all over again. I can mm-hmm. tell you story after story. I have a very good friend of mine, Pedro uh, Torieso, and he, I, I love his story. Because when his family came here, they came here with nothing. And, um, but he went to USC. Mm-hmm. And he went to USC and he was a, he was almost a homeless student at USC. Mm-hmm. But now he's a very successful business guy. He owns mm-hmm. one of the biggest mansions in Northeast Downey. Yeah, and is a great, great family. But he's just an example of so many Cubans that have come here. And for me i really i gravitate towards them because of their success and their and their heart and and i've been to cuba dozens of times um over the years i took my wife back to cuba when she was 30 years old and um and it just really opened my eyes to the entire culture um, we were there building churches back then mm-hmm. and um and it was just i mean the the, the people are so inviting so loving so caring um so loyal
0: yeah and
1: so then you see that here cubans here and they know you made that trip to cuba to help their ancestors or their family members and it even open the door further you know
0: i think it's one reason that we have <clears> such <throat> a tight-knit cuban community here yes. in, in downey and it, it's not a huge population mm. but they're they really stick together yeah. and you can see that community yep. there
1: absolutely absolutely
0: rick how many kids do you have seven Seven kids. Any grandkids? Twelve. Twelve grandkids. Yeah. So you're, I mean, a grand, you're a grandpa. Yeah, yeah. And thank God I'm not a great grandpa
1: because I could be. My oldest grandson is almost 21, so I could be you know Not yet. Yeah, I was a father
0: by the time I was his age. So, so. <laughs> What did you do for a living?
1: So I've always been in the security business. Um, I started as a young 18-year-old security guard. Um, and then I traveled the world um, working in personal protection, uh, and executive security. For different corporate clients and government clients, like a
0: bodyguard. Yeah, like a
1: bodyguard. Um, we call it executive protection, and uh, but it is it's a glorified bodyguard position. Um, but it took me around the world. You know, um, in sixteen years, I worked in twenty different countries, so my experience was very vast. And I came back home, and um, you know, i have been gone for a long time, and so you know, I spent four years in Southeast Asia, you know, three or four years in South America, Central America. So when I came back home, I had to start all over again. So a good friend of mine, he was a director of security of uh, CBS Studios, and so he gave me an $8 an hour job, but I had benefits for my family. And so um, I took the job, and then I met a, uh, I knew a guy that, that worked um, off-duty from LAPD, and he did star protection. And so he said, hey, why don't you come work with us? Um, and I said, okay, I went to work for him two days a week. So now I had two jobs, and um, I did that for a number of years. And then a Honda Motor Company came up. And they had a, a kidnap attempt in Mexico. And um, so they looked, They were looking for a person with international experience and multilingual. And so my boss, who was a friend of at CBS, he said, hey, go apply for the job. I'll give you a good recommendation. So I did. I went to apply for a job. And um, they gave me the job. And then I worked there for eight years um, in charge of security for the president of American Honda Motor Company. And then um, I was fortunate enough to have a great boss there, guy named Tony Piazza, who was a vice president of HR and admin, and um, he came up with this idea, along with the president and CEO of Honda, that I should start my own business. And I didn't know anything about business, I had no idea. You know, I was uh, a guy that worked protection around the world, you know, martial arts guy, weapons guy, but I wasn't uh, a business guy. So he said, don't worry, we'll teach you business. And they sure did, Honda really, they helped me with you know business school and stuff. And, and so I said, okay, I, I went to it, and um, Honda became my first customer in Torrance, California. And, uh, they said, can you get licensed in other States? Sure. I never said no. Whenever Honda said I need you in Mexico. Okay. I left. I never, never said no. And so, um, so I got licensed in 14 States. And then we started securing 18 different facilities in 14 States. And then I said, well, this is working. So let me try vertical market with other people that support Honda, like the people that sell the metal and steel for the cars and things like that. And then it grew further. And let me try, you know, government, other government contracts there and here. So now, our company operates in uh, eighteen states. We do spot work in three out, country outside the U.S. We have about two thousand employees. Well,
0: What's and that's right? RMI International. RMI International that's correct. Um, I, so you, you, you're founder of RMI. Yes. Are you still? I know. Did you retire? Are you still involved with RMI? So I
1: retired twice. Um, the first time, in two thousand fifteen, and I wanted to run for office, and so I retired. And I knew that. Um, as long as I, my son retired from the army, he came home. And, um, and so as he came home, he would travel with me all around the country and he was always considered junior. So he, as he was considered junior, he would then, you know, we'd go to meetings and people would say, you know, I'm talking to your dad, I'm not talking to you. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, a, cause he was a very, you know, highly skilled guy in the military college ed- ed- educated guy here. And so I said, you know, I need to retire to give him the space to be president. So I did. I did. I uh, retired from the company, from the operation, daily operation. My oldest son, Rick Jr., became the president of RMI International. I'm still the CEO, and I always tell the kids I own the company and all the dirt it sits on. So, um, and then my youngest daughter, she she's a very smart young lady, and um, she became the executive vice president of HR um, and admin.
0: So it's a family business. Family, okay,
1: all 100 family. All seven kids work for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, some do more. Than others, we have uh, five full time and two part time.
0: When did you start becoming involved in the, in the Downey community? I know that lots of people know you as a council member, but you were a coach, right? And yeah, did-
1: yep. I um, back in the back in the um, late '80s, early '90s, I was one of those guys with Mario Guerra. They wore the short shorts and the skin tight uh, coaching shirts. And yes, I, I coached in West Down Little League. I, my two boys played in that, and I I, I coached and managed both teams. I mean, imagine. I think about it now, at my age. You know, I coached two teams, worked three jobs, and and we were still able to buy a home and raise our family. Yeah. But we were a family unit. So when it came to working a snack bar, my daughters worked in the snack bar. Came to umpiring, I'd umpire, volunteer umpire after the our games, and my wife would pick up all the kids and take them to get something to eat and then bring them back to the, right, you know, to the baseball field. So we were always, you know, we were very, very unison in our, our family approach to everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Why was that important to you, volunteering? Because eventually you transitioned to volunteering with the Chamber of Commerce and Gangs of Downey and so many other groups. When your time coaching ended, why did you continue volunteering?
1: You know, I think um, the volunteer mindset for me kind of came from a little bit of the, the reality of helping people, right? I mean, one of the kids today, I hope you know he'll, he'll hear this podcast, um, Manuel Sid, Manuel Cid was a catcher on my team, and he was like the captain of our team. And uh, he's the chief of police of, of Culver City now. Mm-hmm. And so I have story after story about these kids. And I have kids that they'll see me around town and, so, and they'll come to visit their parents, or they still live here with their kids, wife and kids, mm-hmm. or husband and kids, and they'll say, Hey, sir, how are you? Wow, you look great. You haven't changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for me, that's everything. And so I liked, you know, it's always about legacy for me. You know, my father taught me so many things. And, and he worked three jobs, and he had a rough life. You know, he had, my father had, he graduated high school at 84 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. So education was very important to him, but he was a manual labor guy. I mean, he was a gardener. He was a, a, a day labor construction. I mean, he was that guy. But he was my father. Mm-hmm. So he was the kind of guy to say no. And if I said no, I meant no. And he was a hard-fisted guy. And so for me, I wanted to continue that legacy for myself and, and be able to, so my grandkids you know, I, I, I'm so proud of the fact that I'm on that Veterans Memorial when you walk into City Hall. You see my name there. Um, and the Firefighters Memorial, you see my name there. So when my great-great-great-grandkids walk through City Hall, they're going to see their, 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 their the patriarch of the family, they'll see my name. Yeah. And so it's important to me. The legacy has always been important to me.
0: And you ran for <clears> City Council in 2016. Yes. Did somebody talk you into it? Is it something that you knew that you always wanted to do? What went into that decision?
1: Well, first off, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I, I uh, they, t- they did they um, did the former mayors, mm-hmm. you know, Mario Guerra, Meredith Perkins, Dave Gaffin, um, you know, Kirk Kurt- Alex Saab, you know, all those guys. They all came to me and said, "Come on, you should do this." And I, you know, I had no idea. i I'd never I had never been in politics or any type of competition in that respect at all. And um, but I knew I knew Downey. I knew our community. And I, you know, I know how to start a business. I know how to start from nothing and make it successful. I know how to do that. And so I know the formula and the formula is hard work. And so when they talked to me about it, I said to them, I said, you know what, I'm a strong man of faith. Let me pray about this. And and my prayer was simple. My prayer was, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, this is the direction for me. Make it so simple I can't screw it up. And if not, remove my eyesight. I want nothing to do with it. Well, I won by 44% of the vote. And, and you know, when we first started, you know, Mario Gary used to tell me, "Slow down, you know, slow down." Because I was so anxious to get mm-hmm. out and do this. I rented a an office space. I hired staff. I'm in for a local city council meeting um, position, you know. So, but I was so anxious. And then I turned my um, my I turned my campaign office into a veteran center where veterans would come, and I counsel with them and they helped me with yard signs and help. They walk for me. And then I had young guys from Cal State Long Beach. Same thing. I'd come in and they would sit and we'd talk and. And they would go out and walk for me, and they'd go out and put signs for me. So, yeah, it was a little bit of convincing on the former mayors. Mm-hmm. But once I, put my, you know, bit my teeth into it, oh, man, I was all in.
0: You were all in. Yeah. Did you have goals mm-hmm. running for city council? What were the things that you wanted to do? You knew, like, if I was elected, this is what I want to do.
1: Yes. I, I mean, it, I've always been about kids. I've always been about kids. Always about veterans. You know, always about, you know, pets, you know, animals, dogs. I've always been about those things. And I've also... I wanted to do my best to eradicate homeless in our city. And I wanted to really, I think it could be done. I really think it could be done. Um, The homeless issue, the issue of the troubled youth, you know, I always thought these things, these are too easy to fix. But it takes effort in the volunteer world. And um, so, yeah, I had a lot of things. I mean, the day one, matter of fact, when I got elected, we were in my campaign office, Kirk Gritozzi and myself and Mario Guerra and and, um, they're in my office and we saw the results on the on the TV and, and on the computer screen. And I'll never forget what my iPad, you know, I, I Facetime my dad and I said, Hey dad, guess what I won? And my dad saw my name on the bottom of channel four news. It was a presidential election year as well. Mm-hmm. And so I say, dad, I won. He goes, yeah, mijo, I, see, I see your name there. I see our name there. And I say, yeah, dad. He goes, okay, you got the job you wanted. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I said, okay, dad. And, and that was my dad's playfulness with me, you know, but I always, um, I always uh, looked at the, uh, the next, very next day after I uh, confirmed I had one, I called Gilbert Lee, was our city manager. And I called, hey, Gilbert, this is me, Rick Rodriguez, your new council member. Uh, I'll be at the office tomorrow. Let's get started. He goes, Rick, you've not been sworn in. I said, well, that's okay. That's a minor formality. And uh, he goes, okay. And so I asked him to take me around. me introduced me all the department heads everywhere. And I said, guys, let's go to work. I mean, I only know how to run a business one way from the front. you got to be the leader. And if you're a leader, they respect you. Uh, but you've got to be there. You've got to be there at the fire department, at the firehouse. you got to be at the police station, public works, parks and rec. I mean, I visited every, uh, at that time, Aspire group. I went to every class. I went to every public work. I went out there, brought water to those guys, saw what they're doing in the heat. I asked them what, what they're doing with fixing potholes. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, uh, that was kind of my dream was I wanted to get integrated with the city. You're, you're not
0: a big talker. You're more of an action kind of <laughs> yeah,
1: guy, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, I can. I definitely, I can def- definitely talk up a storm if you let me, but I, yeah, I, I'm that guy. I mean, every, I think you said it earlier, people know me, city council, because I was everywhere. And, you know, when, when I was on city council, I would, uh, people would call and, and just raise all kinds of cane about, whatever, mm-hmm. trees, potholes, barking dogs, you name crime. And so I would get on the phone with them and I would um, listen. First, I'll be a good listener. And then as I listen to them, then I'd try to, provide a solution, and i always try to end the conversation with a God bless you. Because I knew if I said that, I'd say thank you for their time, and God bless you, they'd say the same to me in return, most of the time. And then if the issues were too great, and they're like, you don't understand, I mean, there's an alley over on Paramount Boulevard, where the houses that's parallel to Paramount Boulevard, and it's an alley, and it's it's used for dumping a lot. People dump a lot of mattresses and junk and stuff. So a lady call me and complain. I said, you know, I'll be right there. So I went to her home. And we walked the alley together. And then I went to the public works and I went to the assistant city manager at the time. I brought him back. I said, guys, we're better than this. Come on. And they cleaned it up and they fixed it. Uh, I've gone by there recently and it's still went back to what it was. You yeah. know? But but the point being is, is that, yes, I really, uh, I believe if you're going to be in city council or if you're going to be any elected official, don't be the traditional politician that talks a lot and does nothing. Mm-hmm. Be a person of action. Be that person. Because yeah. you have that leadership ability. People will follow you but you gotta be that leader. Yeah. You
0: know? <clears throat> so why didn't you run for reelection?
1: So in 2020, I had a heart attack and it was my, I was the mayor at that time. Um, prior to that, I had a, a cancer uh, scare, prostate, kidney and bladder cancer. So uh, I went through all that, um, surgeries and, and recovery and no cancer, thank God. And then after that, um, on the heels of everything, uh, I had a heart attack. And I had a heart attack and a lungs collapse and all these medical issues for two years. I've had six, I had six surgeries in two years. So the doctor said, listen, you know, I, I operate every day, five or six people, open-heart surgery, and I don't have nearly the stress you have on this job as mayor. So I find something else to do. And I said, okay. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I had been traveling the world with my job. So my wife was always waiting for me to come home, right? She would wait. You know, I have my favorite food waiting for me. I have, um, you know, the kids all... Dressed properly, the rooms clean, everybody looked perfect when I came home. Um, and then I'd be gone another day or two or a week or two, you know. So that was our life. So for my wife to be waiting for me outside of hospital room six times um, because of cancer, scare, heart attack, all recovery, all this stuff. And then say, okay, I'm going back to City Hall to run again and walk the District 3 all over again three times. And then be, and, and, and when I was in office, I was a 60 hour week guy. So I spent 60 hours a week on City projects. I was there every day, City Hall. Uh, I was there with our executive assistant, Monica DelGandillo. I was there with her. Whatever project was there. I I remember when I first was a freshman council member, uh, Fernando Vasquez was the mayor. And I asked him, I said, you know, Fernando, can I answer your phone? And can I return your emails? And the people looked at me like I was like a Martian. And why would you want to do that? I said, because I want to learn the job. And that's all I know how to learn the job, right? I I started as an 18-year-old security guard. I became a CEO of one of the fastest growing security companies in America. Mm-hmm. But I learned it from being a security guard. Yeah. You know? so, um, so, yeah, so that's why I didn't run. I had the health issues. But, you know, fortunate for me, um, I was able to, you know, bounce back healthy. Um, I lost 40 pounds. I'm cancer free. My heart is, my the doctor just told me last week, my heart's like a teenager again. So I'm happy with that. Uh, my wife and I now, we travel together and we go on cruises and vacations. And that's kind of our... Priority in life, uh, we bought a beautiful beach house in the Long Beach Peninsula, right on the water, and so we spent a lot of time there. That's our real our paradise. We get away every week, mm-hmm. and and um, and I and I took my volunteer programs from the city. Um, this council, you know, in my opinion, is a very dysfunctional council, and they didn't want these things. They didn't want to do things with dogs, do things for foster kids, do things uh, for homeless. They they don't want it with churches and clergy. They did not want to do those things. So I said, you know, I'm taking them away and I'll take them. So I went to them, and I had them put on the agenda, and they all said, yeah, take them. We don't want them. And so I was able to put them into our family foundation, Living Tree Foundation, and now they're up and running and thriving really, really well. Yesterday, we had our Downy Care Collaborative meeting. We had a packed house at the new whole child facility in
0: Florence. And now you don't yeah. have to deal with the yeah. government <clears throat> bureaucracy yeah. of it. Yeah, the
1: the, uh, you know, agendizing of the topics, and the potential of these knucklehead and gadflies showing up and protesting yeah. and talking their nonsense. We could, I mean, we had, we have um, real life issues with foster children, suicide, non-graduating uh, foster kids. And now we can, we have a solution, we fix it, no problem. Yeah. No questions asked, we've got it done. And, um, you know, so, so that's the best part. Our clergy council is alive and thriving. We have 50, over 50 churches in our city, all denominations, and I bring them all out. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny to see you know, a a Jewish rabbi and a and a Catholic nun, and you know, Protestant uh, pastors, and it's really fun to see them interact.
0: It sounds like the start of a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, exactly. Yeah, Rick. You know, <clears throat> talking about your health. First of all, you, you look fantastic. I know Thank this you. is an audio podcast, so you can't um, you can't see this, but I do want to say when we you know first met, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. You were always in in suits, in yeah. business suits, and I wish that you could see Rick right now. He's he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He's in shorts and 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 sneakers. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete 180 from <laughs> from when from 10 years ago. Yeah. So you do look very relaxed. You look great you. and, and good for you. Yeah. Rick, do you have any regrets?
1: You know, I I really I, I have to tell you that in our current state of affairs with our city, with current council, I really regret not rerunning, Regardless of my health, I really regret it. I really regret it because. I believe, if I was in, um, our city council member or mayor pro tem right now for District Three, that Gilbert Levis, our city manager, would still be here. That uh, our majority of our um, uh, directors of, of department heads that have, are leave, leaving or have left would still be here. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to have to say that when I was on um, council, I was the only one of the 11 candidates that ran back then that was pro Measure S. And the pro measure s because i knew understood the business part of it you know you're in charge of half sales uh, half cent sales tax to everyone so if people come into our city which a lot of people do as we drive through on the way to court or on the way to kaiser and they're going to stop and buy a gatorade or stop and buy lunch or dinner or or clothes let them pay the half cent sales tax not not touch our property tax right that half cent sales tax did all the parks in our city the fire stations the police stations we, You know, we our full staff police department was 121. You know, we were able to get back to 121. And so I understood the business model of how to run the city with a great city manager, Gilbert Levis, I mean, he and I, and Aldo Schindler, um, the deputy city manager, he and I, the three of us, we were like such a dynamic team because I come to them with some crazy ideas yeah. and they say to me, you know, Rick, um, this doesn't work. I say, okay, and try something else. And, and, and or this would work great, let's try it. Like we needed a volunteer one day. I was. I was so convinced that our city has the heart of the volunteer that I wanted to I wanted to expose it. So I created the volunteer one day. And we had over six hundred volunteers come out to plant trees, pick up trash, cut the grass for seniors, um, just help each other, right? So I really missed that. Um, and that's kind of, so that's kind of a regret for me. But I say kind of because um you know, I really truly believe that God's got his hand in our city and God's in control. It will happen will happen. And so We're a great city. Downey's a great city with great people living in it. Um, We just have to kind of remember how to get back to our center core, and I think that's what's happened. We've lost track of that.
0: Where where do you see Downey? uh, Where do you see Downey in ten years?
1: Well, you know, um, when I first came to Downey, Stonewood was an outdoor shopping center, so I never thought Stonewood would become a mall. But the uh, the progress that Downey has made over the years has been phenomenal. I mean, we have the most Tesla you know, charging stations in the county. We have, you know, you know, we, we, we I was just telling the story yesterday. We're gonna have five Chick-fil-A's within five miles between r two and Norwalk, you know. Um so progress is here. We just have to keep our eye on the ball and not allow um our ourselves to get fooled into too much money. And I say that because we always fought keeping uh, marijuana sentries out of our city. I just let them buy it somewhere else. It's the state made it legal, that's fine. Don't come here. It's a cash-based business, high crime environment. It's more work in our police department. It's, um, you know, it's definitely a negative for our children. Don't come here. Nudie bars, we don't have nudie bars. We don't have those things. Don't come here, go somewhere else. And if our residents decide they wanna do that, let them go drive there. And so you know, those are the things that, that I think that if we keep our eye on the ball, the progress is there. Um, you know, we have we have a very limited amount of commercial space. So uh, in our city, so those business owners wanna come here and build, keep that in mind, we're a wholesome city. We're like we're like the Mayberry surrounded by cities, other cities will allow this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have our neighboring city, you know, um, just south of us that they, they come grow with us. They love marijuana dispensaries. We don't, And but we're also the ones that have over 30 million in our reserve. They're not, you know? So it just tells you a lot about our, our future of spending, being cautious. Um, you know, we're a very conservative city I don't care what color or race or creed or sex you are. We're very conservative city. You know, we like having our own police department. It's been proven time and time again, our own fire department. So I want to maintain that. I think that's important. Our police officers do a wonderful job. Um, Again, go back to the business idea. You know, the police department has uh, a bench already built for the upcoming chiefs of police. So that's a good business model. In my company, no one gets a promotion until they find their replacement. Well, the city does the same thing. And so that's why it's so important. That we keep track of these things as we go forward.
0: Rick, would you ever run for city council again?
1: You know, I'll be sixty-two years old in a few weeks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you asked me in front of my wife. I'd say no, because uh, she really, you know, she really is heartburn over that. Well, you know, and I have to tell you, I understand why. I mean, I have this um, defibrillator two wire system in my chest that keeps my heart pumping, and you know, I have just a heart failure and. I, um, you know, there's been a number of times where this thing has gone out and, and it's taken me, and my heart has stopped, and, and I've gone down, and And she's been there, and she's seen that, and she's seen the crowd of knuckleheads that come up to take, take pictures of me unconscious on the floor and, and, and promote that and stuff. She sees that. She's also been the victim of these people. They have come to my home and protested at the middle of the night, and my, grand, well, my wife's taking care of my granddaughter and my daughter-in-law, and I'm in the hospital with a heart monitor, and people have come there and... What a, what a small world. One of those idiots are running for city council, Joey Juan Martinez, you know, so, um, but so she went through all that and we shouldn't have to go through that. You know, if you're elected city council, you volunteered your time because really, yes, it's a paid job, but you paid nothing. I mean, I, I made more in one day than I made as a month of being a member of city council. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a very, um, thankful job if you do it right. If you truly get out there and be for the people, and you're in front of the people, I mean, my favorite thing to do, and this is what I miss the most, is reading to children. I mean, um, you know, um, uh, Roger Brosper and and, um, you know the the president of the school district. Those guys they they uh, encouraged us to be out there and read to the kids. I couldn't wait. I'd buy my own books. I would go out there, and then after I read to the kids, I would allow them to ask me anything. And you ask a first and second and third grader, and you're the mayor, and say, what do you want to ask the mayor? With well, the crazy questions you get, you know? And I used to take my, I had, at that time, I had a, a Jack Russell Terrier, Desi, and Desi and I, I take Desi with me, and Desi would sit there, I read to the kids, and then I let all the kids pet Desi, and it was just great. It was a great, a feel-good place to be. And so for that, uh, yes, I would l- love to run again. Uh, no, I wouldn't want to run again if I had to deal with all the nonsense. I don't, my patience, you, when you get older, your patience gets shorter, you know? Um, and I just don't believe that as an elected official, you, and I don't, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will complain about the, you know, first minute rights and this and that, but I don't care. You know, if, if the person really doing what they're supposed to be doing, respect that, respect the individual. And if you can't respect the individual, then pull them aside and say, Hey, look at you're doing something wrong here. Pay attention. But there's never, ever a reason to bring out the pitchfork in the, and. the, at a private home, at a private home. And, and, and I mean, I, I there's a video that's out on the internet in the night. And every time I see it, I think of my wife, how terrified she must have been. I mean, there are the guys, that, this is before the pandemic. Nobody wore masks, but Catherine Alvarez did and Juan Martinez did. And they were there terrify terro- terro- my wife. And so that's not cool. I mean, my, my granddaughter only knows one thing. Alex Shop's kids. Uh, I've, I've I've seen a picture of them looking out the window, all these people out there with flashlights and bullhorns. And I can imagine what are these kids thinking? Is this the America that they're going to grow up in? You know,
0: Rick. What what's kept
1: you in Downey? You know, I um years ago I uh, was in LA Times, they did an article about me. LA about Times. the Mexican
0: Beverly Hills. Yeah, the Mexican
1: Beverly Hills and, and I actually coined that phrase and I had two sons in in, um, in Iraq at that time. I had two sons in Iraq and I had a flag and that flag uh, was placed in my home and it it waved all through their deployment over seven years, their multiple deployments. And so I was so proud, you know, of, the of their service. And I was so proud that they would, when they came home, they came home to Downey. Um, their names, banners, were uh, my son, oldest son, um, Rick Jr., is, he was the first banner on Firestone Boulevard. And um, Roger brosman he started that program And when he was um, mayor and city councilman. And so um, back then, you had to pay for it. And so I said, yeah, sign me up. I paid $500 and put my son's banner up there. Then later on, we found how to raise money. and Guess what? It became free to the families, military family. So all those advantages you see now are free. So as the, it should be. Yes, yeah, it should be. But it shouldn't cost taxpayers. It should be, you know, private donors. It should be raising money. I mean, that's for me. If you can't, if you can't uh, afford it, then don't do it. And we can afford to get volunteers to help, you know. So, um, but that that's what's really kept me in Downey. I mean, I, they asked me, LA Times, the same thing. You know, I could have moved to Beverly Hills or moved anywhere. And why did I stay in Downey? And I think the reason why I stay here is because when I walk into Pop's Cafe, you know, like it's like cheers. Everybody knows my name. When I walk into the the um, Olive Resto Bar at night for dinner, you know, the owner comes up and says, hey, Rick, how's the family? How's everything? And I love that environment. I love that environment. Uh, I walk in the market and I walk by a lady that's got three kids and she drops drops a bag of groceries. I help her pick it up and she says thank you. You know, I love that stuff. And so um, I'm not so sure I can get that. In the western part of Los Angeles or anywhere else, we're fortunate in, in Long Beach. We have the same thing. Such a small, tight community in the part of the area that we have our, our secondary home. You know, yeah. but but Downey's still, I mean, it's still my place. I go, I I call home.
0: Yeah, know? Rick, I'm so mm-hmm. waiting for my invite to your uh, vacation home in Long Beach. You're always welcome. You're always <laughs> welcome. We have,
1: we have plenty of room. Um, you know, we uh, we bought it from a wonderful family. The parents uh, both died, and so the their son, who's like my age. Um, he was looking to, to get rid of it only because his sister and his brother didn't want it. And I promised him that we would take his father's legacy and maintain it. And his father had a wonderful legacy. He was a commander of the Little Alamos Yacht Club. And, and everybody knew him. Everybody knew Bill. Bill was a great guy. So I started a library out there, a mobile library. And um, so I, I my wife works at the thrift store, the, the uh, Downey Assistance League thrift store. So she always get, brings home a bunch of books. I put them on my... Rolling cart, I put it in front of my house. I put, I actually put a old church pew I built and um, put it up in front of my house. And uh, people come by, they look at the books, they bring their coffee, we sit and we talk. So in Long Beach, they consider, they call me the mayor in Long Beach. Okay. So people walk, hey, Mr. Mayor, how are you? You know, but, um, but I think that's that's important as you grow up and, and you'll see it or as you get older. You know, it's so important to learn how to be kind to people. You know, we get wrapped up in the everyday, mundane, high speed. Um, world we live in, we forget how to be kind, we forget how to be courteous, how to be polite, we forget those things. Mm-hmm. You get older, you're thinking, man, hey, one day I'm going to face God quickly, you know, I better, I better earn my stripes, you know. But, but, um, but I, I love that stuff. I love the idea of, of, um, bringing that to our city, you know, and I, I love the fact that, you know, it's, you know, reciprocal. I mean, kids to this day, say, hey, there's
0: mom, there's a the mayor,
1: you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so, but yeah, you're always welcome. To, to Long
0: Beach. Oh, we we have that on tape, please. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a rule. Yeah. Uh, Rick, we're we're wrapping up, but I do want to ask, what are you what are you up to now? What does your typical day look like?
1: So I currently sit on eleven board of director positions, um, and I, all all the things I love. Um, eleven. Eleven, and so, you know, so every day I have some type of a board meeting, board related function, um, preparation for events. Uh, yesterday I was with our, our new military uh, CMVR, Center for Military uh, Veteran Reintegration, at the Downing Library. So we had a packed house of veterans there, and we did a, a seminar there for them. Um, the day before that, our Downing Care Collaborative, talking about foster kids and families that are homeless living in cars, the Kenny Vento kids, and how to get them rapidly rehoused and find a donor to pay their rent. And then the the, um, the day before that was the Clergy Council. The Clergy Council on how we can actually... Um, inspire people to get back in the church, but at the same time, inspire the church to get back in the city, to get involved and help come out and do the invocation and come out and, and, and get involved in our city. So 11 different boards um, next month. You know, I'm out in Temecula with the United States Army. I'm on the board of directors with Mario Guerra. Um, but all the things that I love, I'm, I'm working on and I'm really doing things with. Um, I love, I, there's veterans, who you'll see around town, and they'll have their service dog with them. They've got a big, you know, tactical, vest on them because they're patches when they serve and i was able to get that dog for free from from seattle when i was in office and and i, I see that dog and i see that veteran and i see that relationship of really companionship and love I'm like man i'm so proud to be part of that you know so i'm doing so every morning i get up i i don't i used to get up at five o'clock every morning that was my rule five o'clock in the gym home by seven and i would come home and then i'd take a shower put a suit on see how eight thirty nine o'clock be there until six more or less and then off to an event, a neighborhood watch, uh, some event somewhere. Um, I don't do that anymore. I usually get up around eight o'clock, actually, <laughs> then and I bring coffee to my wife in the morning, and we sit and we chat about what's going on in the daytime. And then I I, uh, I go take care of things. I go, you know, have our meetings. Uh, you know, I, I really like to network with different people. So if we need to raise funds for a Whole Child, I have a whole group of friends that that are friends of mine that will come in and they'll see the vision foster children they'll raise to help you know so so that's my every d- day now
0: yeah good for you rick <coughs> i want to thank you for uh for taking time to to speak to yes. me and and our listeners and and uh, our Downey patriot readers and i do want to say i think Downey's lucky to have you thank you um you know we knew each other before uh, before you ran for office yes. and uh you know that, that's how it used to be i feel like you know when people ran for city council they tended to be people were from the community, yeah. volunteers. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like we're getting away from that a little bit. We're getting yeah. different people running for, yeah. for different intentions, That's I right. guess I, I should say, uh, which, which is too bad. Uh, but you've always been very accessible, and you're, you're somebody that, you know, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they know yeah. how to get a hold That's of right. you. You're out That's in the community. Yeah. That's right. Um, any final messages you want to you get out? There? Yeah,
1: I, I just want to say that I agree with you 100% um, with our current city council. Um, I'm really supporting Claudia Firmata. I think she's a she's a warrior. Um, um, we have a um, a new candidate, a new candidate, but he guy been around forever. Hector Sosa, he's running for office. I, I really want to promote him as well, uh, and I'm helping them. I'm helping them. I'm walking with them. I'm giving them money. I'm helping them. And then you know we have a recall, recall going on with Catherine Alvarez. I, I hope and pray they're successful, um, <clears throat> only because of the fact that she does not. I mean, you, you said the word accessible, right? People still see me and they'll say, you know what, I have a problem, can you help me? So I'm calling Public Works. I'm calling the fire department. I'm calling the police department. Um, she's doing absolutely nothing. There's nothing There's nothing to, that she can bring to the table that she's doing. And that's not what we elect. You know, we um, elect people that will be accessible, be available, you know, um, be in touch with our community. She's not. And so she's not doing the job. I don't care what her other preferences in life are. She's not doing the job so you're not doing the job you got to go and then we'll see who can replace her um and then you know um blanca pacheco you know she's running for state assembly she's gonna win she's a strong candidate and she'll be off to sacramento and so we have to she you know i'm hoping blanca when she hears this she'll she'll um chime in with me i need her help i need her help to help find her replacement remember i talked about our management structure right and who is better to you know find their place than blanca so but Block will be successful in Sacramento, and we need a good, strong candidate for her seat as well. And so, when that happens, you will have four good people on council going forward. And so, um, then I think then you'll have <coughs> excuse me, you'll have a, an opportunity for them to really get to get back to basics, doing things, showing up. I mean, we have ribbon cuttings with the chamber, and uh, no one shows up in the council. Maybe Claudia, if she can do it, but she's busy with her, her job. Um, and so that's that's John. So I'm, I'm really um, Hoping and praying for our city. I mean, that's what I'm, I really, I mean, that's really my my core um, passion right now is to pray for our city because I think that our city really needs to get back to the core values and get away from all this distorted nonsense, you know. And so, um, but yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. So,
0: Rick, thank you so much. Uh, we spent 40 minutes talking. Wow. wow and, that you're, fast. And, and, and you're busy. You're retired, <laughs> but you're busy. Uh, thank you so much. I want to thank our listeners for listening. Uh, this has been the latest episode of the Downey Livewire presented by the Downey Patriot. Thank you so much. Have a great day.